Today on the Goggle Podcast, we are going to be talking about Disney's Haunted Mansion remake. But first, we're here to tell you that you can stream the best of HBO shows and more with the all-new Astro. Better than before, no rain interruptions, no repeats. Just stream anytime and on demand via the Astro Ultrabox. It starts from only RM5990 a month, and you can find out more information at astro.com.my. So, Haunted Mansion... There was a version that was released in 2003 that was called The Haunted Mansion. This one is just Haunted Mansion. Both movies are based on the incredibly popular Disneyland and Disney World ride of the same name. It's one of their oldest rides. It's been in circulation across Disney parks for years, for decades. Now, I think that Disney has a pretty good track record when it comes to adapting rides into things. Pirates of the Caribbean being the most successful adaptation, and in my opinion, Jungle Cruise being the least successful. Mm. Haunted Mansion kind of falls somewhere in between for me, and I had a really great time at the cinema, and I think any review of this movie needs to approach it from the point of view of its intended audience. So if you look at the 2003 Haunted Mansion, critically panned movie, but has since achieved a kind of cult status over the years because the millennial audience that watched it back in 2003 felt it was a fun movie. It was their Halloween movie. Mm, Yeah. And so they've grown up and started showing it to their children. Another great example of this is... The prequels, the Star Wars prequels. I think if you grew up with the original Star Wars movies, you may have a less than favorable response to those prequels. But for children growing up during the time they were released, they are often their favorite Star Wars movies. And now those kids have grown up and are showing it to their kids. And you can see from the response that Ahmed Best gets, for example, at Star Wars Celebration, Mm. or even Hayden Christensen, when he returned to Obi-Wan, there is a generation of Star Wars fans that absolutely adore those movies. For me, Haunted Mansion is one of those movies. I think it's going to do very well on Disney+. Plus. I think it's going to appeal to kids, and it's fine. It does the job. It's it's all right. I don't know if if it's all right is good enough a review only because I felt like okay you're right it's slightly was, better than all right yeah it's better than all right I think I mean I okay but here's the thing I think if you were in your 30s or like us you know 40s this movie would probably not do much for you it's not the scariest thing out there and it's not supposed to be it's not the funniest thing out there but I think haunted mansion is a lot of fun. And I think this feels like, I don't want this to sound like hyperbole, but this feels like a good movie to take your kids to and have them be challenged by things. I think your kids need to be below 14. Yeah. Because I think any older and they may be too cool for something like this. But also I think they would have seen stuff. Once you hit 14 and 15, if you're a responsible parent, you would have shown them the original Exorcist. You know, you would have shown them the original It. I think if you're younger than 14, this is 
it's scary, but it's not going to give you nightmare scary, which I love. Yes. That for me was the biggest takeaway from this film in that they didn't beat around the bush and they genuinely had fun, scary moments. So I remember as a kid watching movies like this, I wanted to be scared. Like that's why I would watch it, right? Like Mm -mm. I think I watched something like Poltergeist when I was far too young because it featured a little kid and maybe I thought, oh, that's okay. There's a little girl in the movie. But I keep thinking about movies like Monster Squad or even Gremlins, for example. Gremlins was a terrifying film for a kid. Gremlins was terrifying. I mean, this isn't for kids, but I remember watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes when I was too young. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's not ghosts scary, but it's monsters scary. And I think that for me was the greatest excitement about books and movies and why I wanted to engage with these things because they would challenge me. Like you said, Bahe, yeah. I think they challenge children. It's the same reason why books by Roald Dahl and Enid Blyton with some of these darker themes that never spoke down to children work so well because it challenged them. Also, just like R.L. Stein's stuff for kids. And I think the greatest thing that Haunted Mansion has going for it is that it doesn't talk down to children. Mm. So I compare it to the Super Mario movie, for example, which is one of two movies in 2023 that has broken a billion at the box office. And it's unsurprising. It is a completely inoffensive movie. It is very easy to get into. You can take the whole family And everyone will be fine. They will laugh. They will have a good time. But it is also one of the least challenging movies you will ever encounter, ever. Like, there is absolutely nothing of any intrinsic conversational value in that film. It is very straightforward. Yeah. I think Haunted Mansion is a family movie with just enough darkness, with some really good jokes, some fantastic performances. But most of all... I like the fact that it has all of these themes. It talks about grief in a very real way. Mm. It talks about hauntings and it always undercuts it with just enough humor. Mm. Like there was one scene in particular where they're all talking to Lakeith Stanfield's character and he's confessing his grief and Danny DeVito keeps butting in with jokes. And I thought that was a really well-written moment. Yeah. It didn't feel forced. Everyone seemed to be in on it and having a good time. And I think the message didn't get diluted as well. It was very, very clever writing. Because it happens a couple of times in the conversation. And when it first happens, I was a little concerned because I'm currently watching a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's very much the Danny DeVito character in that, right? He's always sort of jumping in with a random aside not to distract anybody, but because his character wanted to talk about something else. He was just moving past it. Whereas in this, when Danny DeVito makes those very sweet jokes, they are not to detract from the moment. They are to sort of bring levity to the time. It was a really sweet, beautiful moment from from the writers and to make Danny DeVito do it, which made it a lot funnier. This movie uses a lot of the same names and stuff from the original. And you've still got the Gracies, you've got Madame Leota. All of those characters are here. Some of them are still trapped in crystal balls. It's all the same stuff, but it's told in a different way. And I think that's what's kind of cool about it. The characters are the same, but the writer and the director has taken some effort 
to actually tell a new story using that. So in that sense, it's a very interesting remake. Yeah, yeah. My problems with the film are partially directorial. I mean, the movie was directed by Justin Simeon, who you would most probably know from Dear White People, both the movie and the TV show. And so this is something completely different from what he's done before. One being a complete satire, and this one being a summary blockbuster film. Some of his cuts were weird. Some of his camera choices were a bit off, I felt. Yeah, I agree. And also, yet again, and we keep speaking about this over and over again, the CGI felt off for a movie of this scale. Like, some things looked good and some things looked a bit janky. For me, there was only the one thing that I mentioned to you at the end of the film. But I think, for me, overall, it looked fine. You know what it is? It looks like a very good TV movie. That's my point. I think it's good CGI for a TV movie. It's good CGI for maybe something we might see in Netflix. Mm. But I just feel like... If you're doing a cinematic production, you have a lot more money, you have a lot more time, maybe it could be a little slicker. The reported budget is almost 160 million. That's a lot of monies. Feels like a lot of monies. It feels like um, a lot of monies. Yeah. I mean, but I think the pedigree behind the screen is strong. Justin Simeon, you know, his directorial debut was Dear White People, the feature film. He then created executive produced and directed a lot of the TV show Dear White People. He's also attached to write the new Lando series. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, he's also working on a Flashdance series and reboot. So, decent ideas. Katie Depold, who wrote Haunted Mansion, also wrote The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. She wrote Ghostbusters with Paul Feig. They're not new writers. And I think we see a lot of that. We see a lot of that on screen. The writing is good. It's not groundbreaking. It's not going to be on anybody's top 10 lists of 2023. But I don't think every movie needs to be that. But what works are the performances. So I think the actors take that and really run away with it. And... Mm. Yeah, I think that might be the strongest element of the film because when you're watching it and you're seeing Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield and Rosario Dawson and Danny DeVito play off each other and Owen Wilson being Owen Wilson, but Owen Wilson is such an enjoyable thing that you're okay with him always being Owen Wilson. Yeah. When you see them play off each other in such a comfortable manner, I think that really carries you through the movie. Like... Chase W. Dilton, who plays Travis, the young kid, is absolutely fantastic. I think he steals the movie from the first moment we see him. And he looks up at this painting and he just goes, not today. I'm like, yes, I like this kid. Yeah. I think the movie does a lot of things that subverts our expectations and also the questions we have every time we watch a horror film. Because a lot of the time with any kind of Haunted Mansion movie, we're always like, why are they so stupid? You know yeah. it's creepy. Why are you staying there? And it answers all of those questions. As I was watching it, they kept dropping all of these plot points. 
And I was like, okay, I need this answer. I need to know what happens to his wife. I need to know the father's situation. And they answer every, they tick off every box. They answer every one of those questions. For me, it is the reveal of Rosario Dawson's husband, right? I think the reveal of what happened to Rosario Dawson's character's husband and Travis's father, that that reveal was never a big deal. They never made it a big deal until it needed to be a deal. Up till that point, we as the society as we are in 2020... Had a certain expectation. Yeah, you know, we assumed there was a divorce or he left, whatever, right? It's okay. We don't need any more than that until we do. At which point, the reveal becomes something important to the story. And I love that. There was also a, a bit early on, literally early in the film, sort of right after that thing where... Chase Dillon's character, Travis, says not today. He goes downstairs and talks to his mother and Rosario Dawson sees something happen and she just goes, we're getting the fuck out of here. In any other movie, they're going to be like, no, it's a trick of the eye, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these really stupid drawn out things because we know that all that's not important because in another horror movie, all those things feel like par for the course that you then have to get over. Then suddenly everybody believes. Here, immediately, fucking ghosts going to get the hell out of town, right? That's it. It's done. And I loved that. We think you should take your kids to watch this movie. We definitely do. It's a great time at the cinema. It's fun for the whole family. You will fall in love with Chase Dillon, who plays Travis, Gabby's son. He is so, so good. And I think you will enjoy the chemistry between the rest of the cast as well. What I want to know, however, is whether you are a fan of the original 2003 The Haunted Mansion. And if you are, whether you think this movie is better than that one. I think this movie is better than that one. I quite enjoyed that one as a fun, clean Eddie Murphy romp because it's very rare that we get the fun, clean Eddie Murphy movies. From time to time, we get like a Dr. Doolittle. But this was one of those. And I just like Eddie Murphy on screen, so that was part of the reason I loved that film. But I think this one's actually better. This one's tighter, it's smarter. And yeah, my little nitpicks aside, I think it makes for a great family film. So go check it out with your kids. Go check it out yourself. Let us know what you think. You know how you can reach out. Goggler MY, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. If you drop us a line on any one of those platforms, we will send you a link to join our brand new Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.